You are listening to Constructing Practice, a podcast from the Graduate School of Architecture, Planning and Preservation at Columbia University in New York City. I'm Dina Malandraus. Thank you for listening. I'm Juan Herreros, professor at Columbia GSAP and principal of Studio Herreros in Madrid. In recent years, we have witnessed a series of changes that redefined the traditional practice and laid the foundation of new types of architectural offices. On November 17, 2017, we hosted the symposium Constructing Practice at Columbia GSAP in New York City. This podcast series includes the 15 films who participated in the symposium and expands the conversation to include many others to tell us how they do what they do. Today we hear from Ingrid Moye and Christoph Seller of Seller and Moye, based in Mexico City, Mexico, and Berlin, Germany. Our office, Seller and Moye, started in 2013 officially. Although we both have practiced architecture for more than 10 years myself and Christoph a few years more. And we both have worked for architecture offices, Sana and Herzog and Moron. And we actually met at working at Herzog and Moron, and we started working together for the Tate Modern Project. This is where we met and where we understood that to work together was a good idea. <laughs> and then 2013 was when we decided to just move on with our own practice. We decided to do it in Mexico as a base, but setting it up as an international office, which means we would run Mexican projects, but also foreign projects with a base in Berlin. In order to obviously make the move from an office to our own business, we decided to do parallel work in the nights, basically, and we uh, developed a series of case studies. This was mainly to also test our working methods and, and to establish them and also to obviously get to know each other more through the design process or in the design process. I mean, obviously, we've worked in the Tate Modern Project together, but I mean, I was also leading the project. So and it was kind of split in various parts. So it was obviously not a very direct collaboration in that sense, because it was a much larger team. So these case studies really helped us to find our own path before actually really starting it. So these were, in a way, theoretical works that are still out there. We made a book of each of them. And yeah, based on those, we basically could very fluidly just start off on day one with the projects that we had. The way I would say we were able to make it work, and with that I mean to do projects in various continents, although we are based most of the time in Mexico City, is because we work in collaborations with artists, but also with other forms of collaborations, like, for example, with engineers, with other architects, etc. And, for example, I could mention a collaboration we're doing with the artist Albert Weiss. We're doing a memorial for Martin Luther in Berlin, in the center of Berlin. And it doesn't mean that we have to be traveling there every week, right? So we are actually producing work here in Mexico. We do travel to Berlin, but Albert, our partner there, he is actively working on it in Berlin. So with these type of collaborations, we manage to do projects in different places. We don't need to be necessarily every week or in a daily basis there. 
The other point is obviously that we do work with some uh, freelance uh, collaborators. We do have kind of, so to speak, outposts. We're doing a house in near Berlin at the moment where we have actually a German architect helping us with this. So he used to work in the office and now he's basically free and freely collaborating with us on this as an outpost, as I said. So I think this is also one form that this could work very well. Obviously, we are very present in Berlin at the same time. So we're going regularly at least every second month because this is still something that you need to do. There is certain meetings with the city, etc., especially when it comes to building a memorial. You can imagine that this is a very complex, also political discourse that you're entering. So there is obviously demand that you are physically there to present to the Senate, etc. And we are doing these, but we don't necessarily need to be also all the time there to meet a company. We can do this nowadays also a lot through telephone, through Skype, etc., through emailing. So the new technology really helps us here to doing this. One project we are currently involved with, it's called Mexamerik, that is the name of a company that we develop it for, which is a logistics company. They work with basically moving goods from A to B in large trucks here in Mexico. It's a large and growing company, and they asked us to develop with them a new form of working. So as in they wanted a headquarter. But we basically also push them into terrain that they otherwise wouldn't possibly do themselves. And to make it concrete, basically, we give them a little tower of working space adjacent to workshops and parking space, etc., for all this logistics center that they need. But we offer it in a way that in this warm climate that it's set in, uh, near Querétaro in Mexico, we offer spaces that are open. So basically, we create platforms that create working area where you can place a desk, etc. But at the same time, it's a roof for the space below. And the roof is actually in that climate very much enough to do work because it's constantly warm throughout the year. It's actually too hot, in fact, so you do need to create shadow. And what we would like to do with this project is to really go back to basics in a sense that we give shelter. You know, we really come back to the basic needs of what architecture can provide. A working space, of course, needs to have forms of interaction. So we are establishing vertical connection through a staircase instead of just a lift. People are basically encouraged to speak with other people on another floor. There's informal outdoor working areas. We add um, greenery as to form a certain microclimate around the working spaces. And all of this is very much this kind of open architecture that you could only do in that very place. But what we do want to propose there is this other model, this alternative model to, let's say, the air-conditioned office tower. And this is what we were able to convince the client of. And we at the moment actually producing the construction drawings and going on site very soon with this. And talking about the office profile, we see ourselves as an international architecture office, although we do site-specific work, which means we're not designing buildings without looking at the context where they are, even if we're not necessarily based on that place. So what I mean is we are very interested in the context, understanding the context and all the conditions of the place where we're working. And... I think also we are very interested in experimenting with design, reinventing, thinking forward, which means we're not interested in developing a certain style. We actually try, and every new project, we try to move away from, you know, just staying with certain ideas, but we try to push our own boundaries to rethink each project anew. And also, it's very important for us to deal with every project all throughout the process from concept design to the completion of the project. 
looking very carefully and in detail to, for example, since the design process, to be very close to it, to develop it very carefully in a very analytical process. And then when we get to the completion or the execution of the project, rather, we are very careful with the detailing. And also we are very interested in in the relationship of people using buildings or spaces, the relationship with nature. And with this, I don't mean only plants, vegetation, but I really mean all the forms of nature that are in relation to spaces or to architecture. For example, if we're designing a building, since the beginning, we are thinking how how is the wind, how is the air, how is the light, natural lighting, what is the smell of the space? You know, all these aspects that sometimes architects leave to the end of the project or to the execution of the project, we're very concerned of integrating these principles into architecture since the design phase. Another aspect, I guess, is that we actually, as Ingrid mentioned, we do work site-specific. And to make it specific, it actually means, for example, in Mexico, you have this amazing uh, craftsmanship. This is due to the fact that uh, labor is still um, affordable, as in, in many countries, it's actually you know, not an, an option anymore to design your, ha- your door lever or to design your own window. You go with products. And uh, what we are doing in Mexico is that we can actually develop these things together with craftsmen, and we can actually almost like the modernists 100 years ago design our own window detail we start with a piece of glass and um, have a steel angle and then see what else do we need and how do we compose these things together and this is something that we highly value from our operation based mexico so this is something that we can also now bring forward to other projects let's say in berlin where we also now uh, take certain approaches of not of avoiding almost products but actually trying to develop something and that could happen on a low budget level in order to make it happen but it can also happen Happen. And I think people almost don't see that anymore because it has to do also with the fact that, you know, there's the liability and, you know, the client wants to uh, have, have guarantees and all of this. But if you can convince people of this, I think then it's also a, almost a new path that you could take as an architect that is a little bit underdeveloped at the moment, perhaps, or got forgotten rather. And talking about concerns on the future or on going forward, we are very interested and keen on finding the right or the collaborations or the clients where where their interest is not only on the capital, but also in an added value of the building or the project. And with this, I mean, it is, of course, absolutely necessary to think of economical function or feasibility of the buildings. But we see a need and we think that it's relevant and necessary to add something else to projects and to buildings. And this is what we try to do with projects. Sometimes the client comes to us with a program, a specific program, a specific idea of a project. And we tried most of the cases, we've convinced the clients to do projects with an added value. And with this, I mean a more influential or a stronger impact towards the city, mm-hmm. towards the Enhancing environment. The public life also. No? Exactly. Towards the society, etc. And we search and we hope for more added value in buildings and architecture. One other thing is, in the same way, we also urge with each project to make them sustainable. Of course, we hear this all the time and there's a lot to say on the subject. But the way we approach this is to even go back to the basics in architecture and not think always so complex when it comes to sustainability. But we think that from the design process, from really the conceptual phases, an architect is able to think architecture in a more simple way in which the impact in the environment can be lowered and also 
not just affecting the environment, but also human beings. So thinking of the well-being also of the users. And this is also part of this sustainability that we urge for. This podcast was produced by Columbia GSAP. You may also be interested in the GSAP Conversations podcast series available on iTunes. You can find more information about the school on our website at arc.columbia.edu.